This is the Fancy Survivor Podcast. I am your host, I guess. Uh, my name is David. I live in Boston. Uh, longtime Survivor fan, in no way a super fan, but really excited to get this fantasy league off the ground with some of my best buddies. Uh, they're going to introduce themselves now. Oh, I forgot to say favorite Survivor player or player that you would most like to emulate this season in our fantasy season. Uh, I think old school, it would have to be Parvati, as any boy who, who grew up in the yeah, 2000s. Yeah, you want to talk yeah. more about that? Um, <laughs> I adore her. I think one day we're going to get married. I love her to death. Um, she's also just a great player. I think if she would have won Heroes versus Villains, we talk about her probably up there in the breath of like greatest of all time. And I think you can make a case that she should have won Heroes versus Villains, but... Newer players, I think Christian from David versus Goliath. I just watched David versus Goliath, so like I'm all in on Christian right now. Uh, charismatic nerd. I think that just captures who I am down to the down to the bones. So, John, do you want to go ahead? <laughs> Very humble. Uh, yeah. So I'm John. Uh, no sense of theme here. I also live in Boston, um, and the person I most like, most likely, you know, I, I want to emulate him. I also just love this player. I love Coach. Something about him. He just he gets track. the people going. I wanna I wanna be him. I wanna I wanna have a lunch with him. You do I wanna tai be chi on his soccer every team. day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, that's my pick. Uh hi, I'm Jared. I also live in Boston with these three hooligans. Um I'm not much of a survivor person. In fact, the first full season I've really watched was season forty one, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed, even though I, you know, I'd come late most episodes due to school um but i'm very excited to hop in this season 42 so my pick for uh, a player that i would love to to emulate a little bit is kind of the dark horse you know i'm gonna say ricard and i feel like you know he kind of he had a really good game going for him and he might have burnt some bridges that he shouldn't have burnt at the end but also you know from what i've seen and from what i've heard is like post game he wasn't that great of a guy um, Where'd you hear that? Well, it was like he kept on talking smack about about Xander <laughs> and uh, and a couple of the other players, but like he was playing the game a lot. But, I mean, you have Shan, who's just like well, kind of. We're, we're not going to talk about Shan. Oh. We're never. I don't want to talk about Shan. People love Shan. People want Shan in a Heroes versus Villains too. I, I want her. People. I want her. To, I want to be Heroes <laughs> the versus, versus Villain. When I, I say want, people, I always mean the Redditors. I want, I want Villain to be Shan. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think I think Ricard played a good game. Um, I wouldn't put him up with some of the greats, but I think he a, a dark horse kind of character. He's the easiest person to root for. In this is season. was a is the kind of person I'd like to root for in this game. And our former winner, I won last season of uh, Survivor Fantasy. I chose third. Um, I'm Jill. <laughs> David, John, and I, <laughs> David, John, and I had played. Jared was in school at the time, so we couldn't, but. Um, I picked Erica very first. I picked last, and I picked Erica very first, first and pick. absolutely housed that season. For reference, um, Ricard was also picks. on my fantasy team. Yeah. Shan was on my fantasy team. I genuinely chose Erica because she jumped off the boat with like such rich enthusiasm that I was like, I respect her, and I'm here for that, and that's why I picked her. So, I mean, this time around, we're not going to draft having watched the first challenge, so I'm curious to see how that changes things. Um, so survivor characters, I'm going to talk about a couple, um, character I'd like to emulate Rupert. What a lovely man. 
I just like Indiana man. He really like really? fell on his sword for his wife, and I know he didn't win for that, but like he's just such a sucker for her with their matching tie dye. I don't know. That's it was it was really romantic, and I thought he played a great heroes versus villains on the bottom the entire time, fighting for his life, made the best effort, and he he kept saying like poverty's a threat, poverty's a threat over and over and over again, and no one would listen to him. So I feel like he was huge, um, but I also think that we need to take a look at Richard and thank him for the game that we have today, because I think he played the first real game of Survivor. You watch those early seasons and there isn't a whole lot of social game. There isn't a whole lot of alliances, but he had the foresight right away to be like, we have to band together and we have to think about this as a group. I know he did some testy things down the road, but I think we have to have him as a thank you for what kind of game we have now. I think you're a lot braver than me for watching that first season, so I salute you for that. You're walking around naked, like what a icon. I, I think, think he this, did it on purpose. The like, sexual harassment thing. Game. I think he would have definitely been in season forty if not for the sexual harassment. Uh, yeah, stuff. yeah, it's too, it's really upsetting because I do think that he built this game. I do. Like Colby tried to emulate it okay. and just didn't do a good job. No. I do think we should talk about our former season really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went all hottie team, which included JD, maybe the worst survivor player in oh. recent memory, just uh, oblivious. Next to Zane, who is also a personal favorite. I'm obsessed with Zane. Terrible player at his time. So Jill has this pit. But I'm obsessed with him. We we have a bit in this household where we'd like a season that's just all first out people. Uh, and Zane from Philippines, is that his season? Yes. I'm pretty no, sure. No, I don't. I don't remember. I still have not watched this season. I need oh, to because you so talk good. about Zane so much. Is this much. Denise season? Yeah, this is Denise and Malcolm season. John, do you so want to talk about that? how your fantasy season went last? Like, Ooh. describe the experience. You know, I think it started out similar to yours, David. It was so Jill. Her first pick was Erica. Went great. Me and David, our first pick, they got out first. <laughs> Immediately. I, I picked Brad. I, Almost I like I the, first the first two episodes. I was the first pick overall, too. And I picked Brad, so that didn't go well. That it was pretty indicative of the whole season. I also think. not a great player. Had yeah. a lot of advantages yeah. that he went home with. Yeah. He was, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't participating in the fantasy, but like, he was the one that was carrying the challenge for for that team. Yeah. That try basically said we don't care about challenges, and it it, yeah. it did not go well. For yeah, them. Their, so, their social game popped off though, because that was green, right? Which leads me to the next point: was that that whole team was my picks. So that's how my season went. I was severely behind the entire time. Except for the only two people on that tribe that weren't on your <laughs> team are the two that survived, <laughs> Heather. which were on Jill's team. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then you had Heather. That oh, was no. your, your only blue tribe yeah. member. Was. You know it's bad when Heather's your, your star player. She probably got you the most points in that season. Yeah. Just single she had a shot. She almost beat him in the fire channel somehow. So the pick order today is going to be, I have first overall pick this year. Jared is going to go second. John is going to go third. Jill, who won last year, is getting fourth. It was Classic, just... the only woman in this podcast <laughs> going last. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> We're never going to recover. we got to go over the rules first. Uh, the final winner, this is the final one, two, and three on Tribal Council. We don't want it to be a thing where the person who wins just automatically wins that team the entire season because that would take all of the suspense. And there was a lot of suspense. We were mm-hmm. cheering. We were out of our seat fist pumping last year when things happened. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, so the final winner gets five points. Second and third place each get two points. 
Uh, each winner of the individual individual immunity challenges gets three points. So you are kind of looking for challenge beasts. They do get voted out really quickly often. Mm. The winner of the tribe immunities are two for the one that gets in first and then the one that comes in second, one point. And that's per player. Yeah. Per player on that tribe, exactly. Things get a little simpler scoring once the tribes are over. So early game is big scoring. Big early scoring. game, you get your big points in and then... You know, you're trying to make up gaps in late game with small points. Rewards are one point. Uh, same thing for tribes. If you're on the tribe that gets the reward, you get a point. Uh, we need to talk about the name of the episode. If your player drops the name of the episode, which is hard, we have to be very... Sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes we get too excited and we miss it. But we are going to try this season to really do our best to make sure we catch each name drop of the episode. If we miss a name drop, though, we do not count it. We do not count it. You have to hear it in the episode. Final question. If Jeff directs the final question of the tribal, which is, they've gotten better about editing this, but it used to be in like old Survivor, if you got the last question, you were going home. Like it was the quickest way to know. It was like 80% of the time you went home. It doesn't mean you're always going out now, but it still means that you're at the um, center of something. It definitely means that you are in hot water, you're leading something. Someone said something about you earlier that episode and they want to know. So you get one point if you have the final question directed at you. All things that are pretty... One of my dream rules is that every time you cry, you lose a point. Uh, just too hard to fathom. Like, we cannot... How many tears count? I would have lost so hard last season because Shan was just a, oh, a waterfall. It was awful. I think Xander cried just as much, too. Mm. Xander cried about everything. Mm. I love that man. Xander I'm so glad. Cry about every, I'm all, I also love that man. Yeah. I... I really thought he had it the bag last season. This apartment yeah, loves rich white men. <laughs> we do. That's why like obviously I stand Erica. Like obviously I'm here for her. Obviously she should have won, but I did think Xander was going to take that when we went to final tribal. I saw something on Reddit where someone was like, "Every winner that won deserved to win." I do, I do think there is an argument for that. Like they won for a reason. Uh, Erica, the lamb that turned into a lion, famously. Uh, and then the last thing we have to cover is that since there are four people, each uh, each one of us is going to draft four players. And if you are one of the people who have someone go home the very first, you will be able to pick up one of the two free agents, one of the two people not selected tonight for a deduction of minus five points. You have to have the points to give. So if you had four points, you could not pick up a player because you don't have the points to do it. I think that's a good rule. Does anybody have anything they want to add? I just did a lot of talking. No, I think that's... I think that's I think, this is genuine as it gets. Are we ready to draft them? Is John ADD so. drafting? I have a list. I still have ADD. But well, have what were you thinking about while he was describing the whole... The free agents was like half the rules there. Were you picturing were the you? money and success we're going to have from this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Do you want me yeah. to throw this to the I was picturing <laughs> Parvati coming back next season. I think 40 was her last, 100%. Yeah. I just think no, that... No, I meant to the podcast. If Jeff, oh. if Jeff ever decides to retire... And Parvi said, I am the captain now. Like, I don't think anyone would be upset about that. Are you telling me that he wouldn't hand the show immediately over to Boston Rob first? I, think I wouldn't be upset about a Boston Rob Parvati cut. I would love that. I would love that. What about what if they did like like a draft of Survivor where Poverty and Boston Rob were two captains? They kind of did that already in a season they? where they were mentors. They weren't playing the uh, game, they were just mentoring. Uh, people don't like that season. Interesting. Predator's only best season. I'd love to see the Rob family back on like a mm. 
final night situation. Hear me out. Boss and Rob versus Rob Gronkowski. You say that, so that exists. No, That's I know season exists. 40. Well, no, I want the whole family to come and like <laughs> chat on like the final survivor. It's all uh, like as a host situation. I hear you. I the hear whole you. family to come in and be like, you've played a crap game. Like, I need a little bit more mean Jeff, but that's me. Yeah. I liked that it's Jeff best, kept yeah, being like, Heather, part. this is abysmal. Yeah. And then being like, <laughs> everybody else, great job. <laughs> and then being like, Heather, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was her motivation. Parvati is going through it right now on Instagram. She needs you, David. She really, she, she needs, needs someone. You. Yeah, we're going to have to do a lot of editing of meeting like Oh, yeah. I'm fully ready for that. Mary Grace. I'm just going to switch to Mary Grace. Mary Grace the is my... girl also works. Well, yeah, she works two jobs and school, and now she's our podcast producer. So. Three jobs. So now she has three jobs, and, jobs and she's dating you. Which yeah. is a job. Which is four Like, she has got to be exhausted. <laughs> and five, she's your She's getting show. fucking bodied every day. Like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is cruel. All right. Are so, we ready? Cut back in. We're drafting. Okay. I have the number one pick. I already have mine selected. I went back and forth on two people. I'm still not convinced I'm making the right decision, but I believe it has to be. Okay. Now I can't find her. Marianne. Oketch. She's the one from the promo that just does that amazing, like, fate. She, like, has, like, the best reaction to something. Like, she looks so happy and surprised. Uh, she looks, she's smiling so much. I don't know. Every pic- every time I see her, she's smiling. Yeah. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. I have good vibes. I don't know. From Canada, too. I'm also, it's good. That's a good thing. We got our first Cana- first Canadian winner. Back to back. I'm really excited to see what she does. She's very young. Young people usually struggle, but I'm taking a risk on this one. So Marianne is my first overall. I can only hope I'm as fortunate as Jill was. All right. So I believe I am, I'm pick number two. Yes. Um, and this is very random. I am not a, a, a draft kind of person. I don't know anything about these people, but... Um, um, Hai Jung, hmm. um, who I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. I will definitely look into it based on that first episode. But to me, he uh, honestly, going off the program, he grew a little bit of stubble, and honestly, that was a little bit of a tell that he might be there for a little bit. Of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit on that, but also you know something about STEM data scientist. Sometimes I do really well. He's also looking decently fit. Could be kind of that that dark horse role that I was looking for. Yeah, high was pretty high on my list as well. I remember when we watched the promo at the end, season forty one finale. We had a feast and we all watched the three hour finale together. I remember you saw seeing him in the promo and saying, "That's my pick." Immediately, <laughs> you're right. I totally forgot about that. He was low on my list. Very very low. I have a few reasons for that, mm-hmm. but I'll reveal later. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that leaves me, and I went with the obvious pick for my number one. You know, someone's got to pick him, and my name's Jonathan, his name's Jonathan, <laughs> so here we are. Nice. <laughs> you know, very fit. Because the way to succeed is just do the yep. expected, yep. John. Mm-hmm. Yep. It served you really well last you know, White man to white man. You know, one day it'll work. You know, obvious you, challenge beast. Just say he's handsome. Just say Very he's handsome, handsome, and that helps. That does help. 
B, not only is he a challenge beast, but he's an aquatic challenge beast. Balance is huge yes. in the new Survivor, yes. in which everything is a balanced challenge. Also, yeah. I'll say it, a surprising number of people go on Survivor not knowing how to swim. Jervis. Jervis. Oh, Jervis. Jervis. Or how to make anyway, fire. Or Yeah, what's that? Hmm. What is that? I mean, I own Flint and Steel. Yeah, I'll can, say it. Yeah. And a coconut. And a coconut. Okay, my first pick is Romeo Escobar. Wow. That's my main man. So uh, you're going all gays again this season? I did go accidentally all gays last season. I had a lot of them. The only gay I didn't have was Evie. Sorry. I didn't like the lemon pants. That mm. was my gut reaction. Lemon shirt. I lemon shirt. Lemon shirt. That's, what, it was, that's yeah. what we I called saw, her for the first few I episodes. I saw the lemon shirt and I was like, I just can't stand it. Like, I thought she had generally good style. Like, I liked her hair. I liked her glasses. But, like... Couldn't stand the lemon shirt, and I was like, need to get out of there. Well, Jill, Romeo? she went to Harvard. Oh, God. Did you know she solved the puzzle so quickly <laughs> they had to retire it? Did you know that? Her claim to fame, the only one. Also, so, it was weird that she was like, Tiff and I were so close. And I was like, I'm just pretty sure you almost stabbed each other in the back. She did so that with everyone. Times. It was a yeah. little bit insufferable. She thought her and Nasir were so close? Yeah, I don't know what that was. Um, okay, love of my life. so the reason I'm picking up Romeo Escobar is because he's a pageant coach. Hmm. Like, it's a cutthroat game. It it's a cutthroat game. It's a it's a mental game. And I'll also say it: there's no shot he wasn't a dancer. Yeah. And also, and we just probably... saw Ricard, who danced yeah. for how many yeah. years, absolutely beast through a bunch of challenges. Yeah. My biggest concern with him is that that promo he announced how hungry he was. So he could become a little wenchy because he's hungry. I was saying that also might be a good thing. Uh... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think they flashed to his face and they were like, "I'm so hungry," but maybe that was like a weird way to throw me off. Maybe. Either way. He's my first pick, and I'm psyched nobody picked him first. So we are doing a snake draft, so Jill is going to pick two in a row. Oh, I totally forgot about that. So i got to go to my second. Um, and I think I'm going to pick uh, Tori Meehan. Fuck you. Okay, I'm going to take Tori Meehan for the she reason so that I loved Malcolm and Denise's season. And it was Denise. Denise was a therapist. She's a sex therapist. She was a hottie. She was shredded. She was everything I want to be in this world. She was confident. And honestly, she rode Malcolm's coattails right to a Millie. It was fabulous. I loved that. I don't think Malcolm did, but I think Denise did. So, Tori Meehan. That is me That next one hurts. Right? That one really hurts. Yes, it's you me next. Um, so, my next pick was Jenny, actually. New York. Creative director and reasonably fit from the photo that we have, you know. This is my alternate number one pick. Yeah, I think that she looks like a good fit. I mean, also, I think this goes for pageant director, or pageant coach, sorry, and also anything in the arts. You have to deal with a lot of people who are saying some wild things, and I think that that is going to help her. I actually just put in caps next to her name. Blast. So really? That's really interesting. I have my who Romeo I think is was almost be first my last. Out. She just okay. Romeo there's a lot of people on these pictures and power poses, and she is not one of them. Well, hmm. She does not exude confidence to me. Well, I know you what need John. A lot of confidence. John's thinking game. Asian woman last season. <laughs> Asian woman this season. <laughs> it's the only thing. Yeah. John had to take his token white guy. <laughs> you know, it was Brad last season. It's Jonathan this season. So if you hear a smacking, that's Jill throwing a little Corona squishy ball. It sticks to the ceiling, and so I like to like watch it fall on people at random times. It leaves a film on your hands. I don't like, like it, yeah. Like, maybe. 
just a little gross. Anyway. This is going to be a podcast of bits. We should have maybe have said that off the top. This is a house. Like, David, you need to define bits because I feel like you walked into this house. David is roommates with us because we met him on Reddit. And we almost didn't interview him as a roommate. So John, Jared, and I all went to college together. But David is a rando that I found on Reddit. Mind you, my Reddit username is like a random string of numbers, and he has negative karma. So, like, I... He's a match made in heaven, really. I know. I almost didn't, like, interview him, because I was like, he's probably argumentative. Like, that's a terrible roommate. And it was just because he got a lot of hate on a baseball page. Yeah. I'm a huge Reds fan. I'm a Midwestern guy. I should have maybe said that. Um, but, yeah. And the only way we started... I literally... I remember going out on a limb and being like... Do you guys watch Survivor? And I never in the world expected the hype that you guys had. Like, you guys met me on the same level. I was like, let's do this immediately. Like, I was so excited. Jared is your pick. All right. Um, you know, <laughs> what everyone's saying with their picks, it makes me, like, I'm rethinking a lot of mine. <laughs> but um, I'm, I still have my, my two as my option. I'm going with Drea Wheeler. Um, again, like, I think she's going to be, she looks like she might be a, a bit of a challenge beast. Mm. Um, she is a fitness consultant, but then again, challenge beasts get, get headhunted pretty early on. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but the other thing that was, um, kind of interesting to me is she's 35 and I feel like the challenge beasts that tend to go home really early are either ones that are really stand out like the, like Jonathan or, um, or like. I don't know, like one of those sleepers that just keeps popping up and keeps winning. So I feel like her age might might give her a little bit more to slip under the radar maybe to emerge. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. You know what's so weird to me is that we have nothing to go off of except for a minute promo, yet all of your guys' picks are also like my top ten picks. Mm-hmm. Like no one's picked outside of my top ten. Really? I I also did not have Romeo, but Jill also wrecked us last year yeah, so i have to respect that um, based in approximately nothing so i'd like to go through and say that david made us packets for every person a picture of them their age hometown current residence and their occupation and i went through in maybe like a minute and a half and was like eh, at each person it just gave them a rank so it's basically random it's basically random yeah it's me back to back picks yeah you got two in a row i'm very tempted to take Mariah. I'm guessing M-A-R-Y-A is Mariah. The dumbest way to spell Mariah possible. Uh, she is from Indiana, which we love an Indiana girl. Yeah. I do think the Tory pick was really hard for me to swallow because I I know I'm going to be crushing on her all year. Hottie Looks just like, uh, what was her name? Sydney? No, Sarah. Sarah from last season. Sydney seemed, who got voted off immediately. Sydney seemed crazy. I would have loved to see her stick around. I want to see her triplex. Like she yeah. just was like she just kept dropping the word my triplex, and I was like, why are we saying this? Like anyone else owns a triplex, Sydney. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a triplex. That's what I'm saying. Is that a broken yeah, I've never seen one. Yeah. I'm going to pick Chanel hmm. for my eighth pick. Uh, she, oh, I had her as eighth as well. That's crazy. That's nuts, actually. She, in that promo, she says something about how she defeats businessmen, which I never, that never seems to be a great, pers- doesn't seem like a good way of going into Survivor being like, I'm going to wreck people and I'm going to make them do what I want. Those people usually get seen as controlling and like move makers pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so that would be 
So I'm a little hesitant on that. I also had Drea pretty high. That was my number two, Jared. So I thought I would maybe get her as well. I think Lindsay is going to have to be my third. Yeah. And she's a dietitian, which I think she's going to be super fit, super physical. I... She's a cutie. You can say it. She's a cutie. I'm not going all... I think this is an all-cutie team so far. I'm not even meaning to do it. So, so who, are, who are your most recent picks? Uh, I did Chanel and then Lindsay. Oh, so you didn't pick Mario. No, mm -hmm. I was just talking about it. She's an gotcha. indie. I want to give her a shout-out. Oh, out. you didn't pick her? No, I'm sorry. Oh. It was Chanel I, I and did, then Lindsay. I'm sorry, guys. Right. I was trying to make some suspense. Rookie mistake. And then you took Lindsay. Yes. And then we're back to Jared. A lot of this league just came from my love of fantasy football and wanting to that to apply to everything that I love in this world. Alright. I'm, again, really shooting in the dark here. Thank you for um, that contribution, Doug. You're <laughs> welcome. Um, I'm going to go with Omar Zahir. Omar. Where's she at? Very He's a, yeah. Exactly. Jill's punching the air right now that she didn't get one of the gays. Oh, do you think he's one of the gays? Um, I don't know. I don't he know. He's he's. I picked him because he's very different from my first two picks. Um, he's again in that middle range of thirties, but he's a veterinarian, and honestly, he kind of looks like a fun guy. So I feel like he's not going to be. He's either going to the the toss up is he's either going to be targeted first because he's just doesn't know what's going on, but then again, he might be that guy that knows exactly what's going on and puts on an, an awesome act. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, that's why I picked him. Is it me again? No, I'm up next. Okay. Uh, so I actually have had so many of my picks taken right now. So I'm down to Zach, who... No! Yeah, at the end. Just the student. Yes, just student. Okay, so I really think on our, on our little... <laughs> In our little data sheet we have here, we have Swati, who, whose occupation she listed as Ivy League student. And right next to her, we have Zach, who listed his occupation as student. So there's a lot to be said there, but I don't know. I kind of, I'm, I'm into the humble attitude. So he's young. I don't have a lot of young people yet. So that's what I'm going with. That is the most basic looking like man. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's, I'm hoping well, he, he, I'm hoping he the... gets like, he'll hope like. Exactly halfway through. What was Tony's season? <laughs> he reminds me of the kid from Tony's season. What was his name? I can't remember. I can't remember. The blonde kid from Tony's season. He's oh, an economics I student. do. Yeah. I he, he was like fourth out. He was mm -hmm. like fourth from yeah, yeah. the Oh, council. really? What was his name? Oh, he was blonde. He did an interview with Parvati. I know what he looks like. I can't. Oh, that's going to make me mad. Okay. I'll figure it out later. Um, all right. Um, my This is actually my third pick. So no one even took my third wow, pick. I'm on one, two, three right now. That's uh, Rox Roy Bailey. Ooh, he's dang. a stay-at-home dad. That's it. My main man. Um, I got a couple of reasons that I like that he's a stay-at-home dad. For one, patience. Okay? He's used to dealing with group things all the time, but whether it be his kids, PTO, you know, whatever he's dealing with, because he's also probably dealing with in-laws and things like that. So that. Also, probably being a stay-at-home dad and a worst person of color, like, he's been dealing with all kinds of, like, group discrimination his whole life. So, not only has the patience, but he has a lot of the, like, cunning that comes with that. I think that's part of why Richard was so successful in his season. He was a gay man when it was, like, really kind of, like, not talked about. What was that? The first season was, what, in the 90s? 99. 99. Like, yeah, it, it was, like, coming up on being 
like more accepted, but like marriage was not legal. Then. It was still a joke in like Simpsons. Like it, yeah. sitcoms still treated being gay, friends oh, treated yeah. being gay and as like, a joke. And like you had, uh, who was the guy? I forget. There was a man on there, an older gentleman that was like, he like said some very insensitive things and he was like, I like him, but I don't like that he's gay. So like, I think that that was part of why Richard, Richard was so successful. And I think I see a little bit of that. Someone in season four gets like outed, like against his will. It's not, it's not yeah. great. Like yeah. in, from a 2022 lens, it just does not feel good to watch. All right. Am I picking twice now? Yes. Yeah. You know. oh, wow. Jill might just like, she might, the fact that she has like completely different picks than everyone else scares me. That's is is your is your number four also not taken yet? Uh, I'm trying to look. I think my five isn't taken for sure. I think my fourth may have been taken. Uh, I think yeah, my fourth was Lindsay, um, but my five isn't taken, and that's Myra or Mar Maria Mariah Mariah. I don't know. He I genuinely it. don't know. I I'm terribly sorry if I we'll, said her name we'll, wrong. We'll see it next episode. We'll um, stay at home mom. I want a stay-at-home mom, I want a stay-at-home dad, because I know this sounds bad, and maybe she'll end up being a challenge beast or a really social player, but you gotta have sheep to well, leave. If you think and about it, sheep win me points. If you think about it, you got you had Tiff and Heather, who both honestly racked up some some crazy points. I didn't have Heather. Right. Okay, so back on me now. Um, my next pick, my last pick, is Jackson Fox. He was 48 years old, from Pasadena, a healthcare worker. And looks reasonably fit. You know, I know I know that, you know, generally the older crowd doesn't fare too well, but I have confidence. He you know, being a healthcare worker right now, he's gotta have drive, he's gotta have power, you know. So well, hold up, wait, 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 wait. He was a healthcare worker, but this was filmed in twenty twenty. That's fair. That's fair. He dipped. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He left to go on Survivor. He did not meet He the left call. to go on Survivor right He did not answer no. the call. Yeah, oh, it was well, Survivor or real life Survivor. Yeah. We might want to cut that. <laughs> Jill, who does work from home, from the comfort of her couch, is going to say this man didn't contribute enough to saving lives. I think we will keep that in, actually. <laughs> Ooh, I just, I, yeah, that seems insensitive. Uh, I retract that. Horribly. All right, so uh, I have the next picks, and for my last pick, um, you know, slim pickings now, but um, the people I have left are Lydia, um, what's his name? What's his face? Mike Turner, um, uh, Swati, and um, Daniel Strunk. Okay. And not a good last name. Not, not a great last name. Doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Um, uh, you know, I, I don't like the, I'm boasting that I'm an Ivy League student. Maybe it's because I'm a student, but maybe it's because of other things. But I'm going with Lydia. Um, I think it bounced out my team. I have two men, two women. Um, and I, I, I don't know what kind of game she's playing. Um, and I think I, I'd like to have a little bit of mystery. And I think that's that, again, back to that dark horse kind of mantra that I might be playing by. So here in the last pick, similar to Catan, no picks left. Backs against the wall. I got Mike Turner. I got Swati, the Ivy League student. She's never going to live that down. And we got Daniel Strunk. Daniel's interesting because he's a law clerk. I wonder why he's not a lawyer, though. I kind of want a lawyer. Mm, big difference. It is, it's a big difference. Yeah. It's like saying, like, I'm a race car driver and I'm a valet. Like, it's that kind yeah. of difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a race car driver. I'm a pitcher. Cass was a lawyer and she was the worst. 
that's fair. The worst. Well, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but a lawyer did win in the recent season. I, I don't doubt it. Like, I'm sure that lawyers are cunning, but I just, like, can't unsee chaos being like, I value chaos. Hmm. You really are anti-chaos. I'm not anti-chaos. Which is funny because you had Shan. cast <laughs> Like, specifically cast Because there was multiple times in her season where it would have benefited her to not go with the chaos. And she was like, I just like it. And I was like, obviously. like. What season is that? 28. So that is like prime era where people are just trying to make big move, like yeah. big move itis all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense to me. So out of those three. I, curious, I mean, if it's a stenographer, that could be cool. Yeah, like is that they're what always a law clerk is? I thought a law clerk was like an intern. I'm not sure. Like you clerk at a judge's office mm. to get experience to one day be a lawyer. Okay. I think is what happened. That's what I thought. I thought it was a foot in the door kind of job. Exactly. But again, I don't know. But like, is he past the bar? Because like, shouldn't you go past the bar before you go play Survivor? Mm. Well, once you you'd be an attorney. The bar, yeah, you're an associate. Really? Yeah, and if then you go from there. This is how little I know about really any topic. Uh, you can say that again. So I think my pick for my all women's team is going to be Mike Turner. I'm hoping for Tony energy. I'm hoping for a guy who's building spy shacks and <laughs> doing absolutely bizarre things. I hope the age, you talked about the age. I hope the age is not an issue. Uh, it's a lot. It's a young cast. It's a really diverse cast. They're probably going to talk about it a lot this year. Uh-huh. As they had, did last in season 41. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I feel good about this last pick, but I definitely need a man to balance out this team, I think. I'm interested to see how we drafted, like, I would like every at least one person from every tribe, but I wonder how that ended up working out. So our two free agents at the end are going to be Swati and Daniel Strunk. They will cost anyone five points to pick them up after someone gets voted out. You have to decide if that's worth the risk or not. You could get, you could really get screwed by that in a lot of ways. So my team summary: first pick, Marianne. So glad I got her. I knew she. She is my LeBron James. She is my Kobe Bryant. <laughs> she is going to lead me to the finals. I believe that. I have Chanel. The she defeats businessmen in the business world. I have Lindsay, the dietitian, and I have Mike Turner. Not a cop. Mm. I do also like that we don't have someone who bleeds blue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think they would probably pick him for that. Tony specifically did not tell people. Tony told people that he was a firefighter rather than a cop for a reason. But then that woman was like, you're a cop. And he was like, what? That was was really funny. She just like instantly was like, nah, bro. Like, I'm one and I know it. And like, she was powerful for that. I love her. I like her too. Yeah, I like her. Is that Sarah? Or is it someone yeah. else? Sarah yeah. Lucina? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's who it was. Yep. She also was like kind of shredded. She was a bit she of a girl boss, I thought. Yeah. Um, for my team, I have um, Hi, the, the data scientist. Um, and he was my first pick. And I got my first and second pick for uh, for Drea, um, a little bit on the older side, but a fitness consultant. So I'm hoping she, she is a little bit more of a challenge beast. And then I went um, a little bit more on the kind of toss-ups of, of Omar and Lydia for my, my last two picks. Um, and I'm also, um, John made a great uh, spreadsheet for us to track the points during the season. I'm looking at the the teams that I think have been revealed. The tribes. The tribes. And I'm on all three. 
And I feel like that's that's kind of a good that's thing. A good you went for balance, and you got I, balance. I, I honestly wasn't initially looking at the tribes, but happy accidents. And I'm I'm pretty confident in, in my spread of hopefully player types and hopefully tribes as well. Yeah, before we get too far for it, Jill, I think you had some... You mentioned that you had a point about high you wanted to make. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, I mean, the reason I think high is, would be a low choice for me is that I've seen a few seasons. I've seen a decent number of seasons. I think I've seen like six or seven seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like generally people that are not like native to the U S have a really hard time playing the game because mm -hmm. a lot of the game is like picking up on these subtleties and yeah. like people like kind of speaking to you in like a different tone of voice that you pick up on and you know, that sends a flag up to you and you think I need to play my idol or whatever. And I think that that was like kind of the genius of Poverty's game was that she not only recognized those like signals from other people, but she knew how to signal hers in like a false way or like a very convincing way. And so people like wanted to follow her, people wanted to do the things that she wanted to do. So I think that a lot of times people that aren't from the US like struggle with those subtle things. And like, I think a decent example is Nasir. Like, I don't think he had a very strong social game. Right. Um, and Jared mentioned this earlier that like, he was constantly like, don't put my name out there. Don't put my name out there. But like, if you're on a team with somebody that's like, don't put my name out there. Like, that's so obnoxious. Like, you, yeah. you get you're going to immediately put their name, name down. It's season like, 41 of a game yeah, of a social like, spirit, a social experiment that has turned into one of the most creative games probably out yeah. there. Yeah. The and other, it's like, it's like yeah. being that guy that's sitting in an awkward room and being like, well, this is awkward. And it's like, what did that do? Like, what did that do for anyone? <laughs> I feel like also sometimes when you're willing to be okay with being, have your name put on the block in an attempt of an alliance to put, to get someone voted out, you get a little bit of brownie points. Yep. I feel like there's definitely a little bit more like, I don't know, if you're a little bit on the outside, like Monsieur was, and he was like, you can, if I'm not being voted out, you can put my name on the block, like as the, as the, the decoy, right? I feel like that might have helped him get into that inner circle maybe a little bit better. I think blue the blue tribe just did not have enough opposition. Like they never were put to the test. They ne they didn't go to a tribal council till like halfway through the game. Yeah, right. It's just a crazy long it was, time. It was the majority of blue was was the merge. Yeah, yeah. That's when they started seeing social game. That's where Erica you know got tested honestly probably for the first time right. They were willing to throw a challenge to get out of Erica. Yeah. That's how much they did not yeah. want Erica on their tribe. Which I really don't respect. Throwing a challenge, yeah, that's, that was, that's deplorable. That that's completely worst. defeats the purpose of Do you approve of, of it when it's Rosal Hands? Because it has Absolutely happened. not. Really? Uh, never do I Even if you it. have a guy that you know is just pure chaos on your team. No. Like, that completely defeats the purpose of Survivor. Why would you not keep everybody safe? Yeah, I also like, like yourself included. Because you also go on the chopping block the moment you lose a challenge. It's not just the huge alliance that you think is behind you like you're setting yourself up for a blind side it it defeats the purpose of the game yeah it's I, it's the, I think it's deplorable i find that like almost i'd say 95 percent of the time sacrificing any bit of your security for a play is is not worth it it always comes back you know yeah. giving i mean think of the last how many seasons when was a when what was a positive outcome of giving someone an idol ever never happened yeah never uh, it's screwed Eric, Russell in Heroes vs. Villains. Yeah, Eric famously gave away his final immunity at mm -hmm. Final Four and then got voted yeah. out by the women. Um, David vs. Goliath, this really annoying girl. I'm not a big fan of her. Uh, she sacrifices her... She says, I will not compete in the immunity challenge for Rice. 
And like they get back to camp, she's like, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. She proceeds to bring it up like five more times that season, how she gave up her immunity to get rice for everyone. And like fine by the end, everyone's just so sick. So I don't, you're right. Like it never pays off never to like sacrifice right. something for you for any benefit for someone Yeah, because you don't, you don't like even in that rice scenario, you don't look at the other people and be like, I can't believe you didn't. And I kind of, that's rice. why I've always respected Xander <laughs> for the game that he played really was he did play a very me first game. Like I'm not worried about these people who have openly tried to blindside me, who have sure. tried to flip oh on God, me yeah. and I'm supposed to give him an idol save. Z- and like well, Xander never played that idol effectively, but like, why would you? Well, he, he deked the idol though. He deked it hard. He never gave up the idol to try to save one of his alliance members. Yeah. Right. Mm. But people, People didn't respect that. People thought he waited. He played a very safe game. Right. He and could have saved yeah. Emmy too and put himself really on the top. Yes, he There could've. was a turning point. Yeah, but also, Emmy was Where so Sydney gave up her vote with the die. That, that was a big vote. Mm, that was huge. That kind of said the whole game, actually. Mm. Which, that was the vote where half the people plus two more people weren't, were immune. Which I don't mm. think should ever happen again, where you have a tribal council where half the people are yeah. immune. Because it basically became, it's going to be Evie. Or, so the reason Sydney went home is they just ran out of options. Who else yeah. do you send home? Because Eric, that was when Erica smashed the hourglass. Yeah. Which we don't need to relive that. <laughs> um, oh, so my team here, we didn't get there yet. I had Jonathan, which like, classic pick. Not sure how far he's going to go. Great but, name. Oh yeah, love his name. Best name of all. You want to do a side bet with me if he ever does a shocker bro? Yeah. What, what's the side One bet? Point. No. Minus one point from one plus the other? I feel it's like it has to be outside wager. the game. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Like $5. Oh, okay. <laughs> this this $100 bill? <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not fake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have Jonathan. Hopefully he gets some points in the early game. And then I went to Jenny, who apparently is controversial, but I, you know, I have confidence. I think she'll be good. And I have Zach and Jackson. I also just realized that Basically, my whole team is on the blue. I have one person not on blue. Well, really? What if blue's good again, though? I doubt it. I, I like, I'm looking at this team, and I'm oh, like, no. ooh, I might have just really shot myself in the foot here. Well, only you time know? I think you're thinking outside the box, though, and that's a risk of that. Then I can start Agent of Chaos, honestly. <laughs> how, does, how do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? Free know. agents. Show yeah, up to the I island. I risk it all on a free agent. Daniel Strunk. We need Jill's review. You just said they're oh, all from blue. Oh, okay, yes. My team, Romeo Escobar. Hmm. Great name. Great Captain name. director, probably Fantastic danced name. for a while. Do you think that, do you want to do a side bet that they do a Romeo and jo- Juliet like reference at some point? What's the side oh. bet? What do you want the side bet to be? That's the name of an episode, yeah. Do you think it'll be the name of the episode? Yeah, yeah. Like Star- love story. Star Cross Lovers or something like that. Yeah. Like that. Well, what do you want for the best Five bucks. Five bucks. I bet they say at some point the words consecutively Romeo and Juliet. Those three words together. So I'm betting they won't do that? Yes. No. Do you think? <laughs> okay, well, that was the bet. <laughs> so you just say no bet. Of course they're going to do that. Okay, I'm sorry. I just didn't understand the premise of that bet. It's a terrible bet. <laughs> you could weigh it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we could you do know. a five to one. Like, I'll give you one dollar. Or they like you give me five. I give you one cookie, you give me five. I give you I cookie, give, give me cookie. cookie. <laughs> I'm going to have to turn that down, I think. <laughs> At this stage in the game. Just as I said. At this stage in my bank account. Trash. Okay, so then I have Tori Nian, Fit, and the White yeah. Men Lover. Yeah, Great. yes they do. Yes um, we do. Rocks Roy Bailey, who might be my favorite team member. He gets voted out really early, I'll be really sad. I'm hoping he's a good guy. And then Myra Sharon. Mrs. Aria. Sharon. Mrs. Sharon. I'm liking Mrs. Sharon. I'm hoping it's a 
It's a Michael scoop in, like lead him <laughs> to the end, and then eats uh, eats raw rice yeah, kind of situation. That's my hope. Yeah. Who do we think out of this list is the most likely to play like the chaos role? I, I think Lydia I think is chaos. Really? I'm seeing chaos in her eyes. I think she might end up being a crier. I'm not too excited about that. The criers do get me. I they, genuinely think that um, Romeo SMR is going to be a real drama king. Yeah. Almost. The hotties are always the drama. Well, pageants was the thing that made me shoot it really far down the list. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to be dramatic. Because yeah. I was just like, I... But that I, also means he knows yeah. how to perform. No, yeah. to perform. And he has to deal with some. The issue with survivors is the performance people. falls away crazy. pretty quickly because you're hungry and you're so tired yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's uh, why it's worked for however many seasons, like literally 20 seasons. Yeah. Or 20 years, 40 yeah. seasons. I'm honestly just happy with my spread of across team. Like, I'm on all three teams. I'm so excited for Wednesday and to see. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Because I feel like, yeah, I do remember those early weeks, and it's like every survivor season where, like, you don't really know anyone's names yet. We're calling Evie. Lemon shirt girl for the first like three weeks. Yep. Like it's really exciting once you get to know these people and like you start seeing the nuances. I'm just really hoping that this season has way less twists, so we actually get to see them being themselves more. Like that, playing, playing more Survivor and less being twisted. Less. I just want like 15 minutes less every episode explaining what the right. twists are. Like it gets so obnoxious at a certain point. Yeah, put a twist or two in, whatever. Love and respect, Jeff Probst. Emphasis on love. Emphasis on the love. I do think, and this isn't a, I, I saw this on Reddit and I like could not have agreed with it more. Or maybe it might have went from, came from the Malcolm article. He Malcolm published an article about what he thinks he's is wrong with Modern Survivor. And like one of the things I think that he said was like, we, we see something. Like Jeff explains straight to us, the audience, what the twist is. And then he explains it to the players. So like we just saw the same explanation. Like that's just double yeah. the explanation that's for no point. reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, it's just frustrating because like I feel like we miss a lot. Of, like we had no Heather last year. Like I know there's a lot of Heather to yeah. unpack, but we got no Heather. There were just a lot of. I feel like we could have got more Xander. Xander really disappeared in the middle, mm -hmm. which is why a major part was his edit was I didn't think he was going to win. Sean got quite a bit, I guess you could say. And there was a lot of Shannon Ricard. I feel like in the middle. At least when I always came home. That's because they were always on the block. They were always on the block, but they also had... They were playing mind games around people. I think Shan at the midpoint had like literally 20 more confessionals than the next person. Everyone thought she was going to be winning because think of that. Something about last season is that Ricard and Shan, yeah, they did well, but I, I give that mostly to everyone else being so terrible than them being... Amazing players. Yeah. I do not respect Danny and Deshaun's game. Was no, not, not, at not at all. Literally not at all. I can't believe Deshaun got votes. More votes than Xander. It I is... just feel like they got butthurt after the the time capsule thing, which was BS. Um, I think they got butthurt, and then they were like, we're basically not going to try to play. And I'm going to say, I'm going to vote, use me, use me, for the rest of the game. Like, if I heard Deshaun say... Use me. I'm a body. I'm a number. One yeah. more time. Like, come on, man. Like, do something. Yeah. I know you got student loans. Everybody has You're student loans. Student. We are all living school. in it. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, now I'm worried about this first episode because I feel like <laughs> when you eliminate one person from a tribe, now your tribe is kind of like playing one person down because you get to sit someone every challenge when you, um, right. 
aren't the first voted out. So like someone on your tribe gets a break. Yeah. But like when you're the tribe that gets someone voted out first, I feel like a lot of the seasons I've watched that tribe crumbles for a long time. Cause then it's harder to work together because now you've had this tension. So now I'm stressed because if the blue team doesn't get it together on this first challenge, I am screwed because they're just going to slowly bone out my players. It is hard to think that the blue is going to dominate two seasons in a row. Yeah. I know. Another I also, tribe season. I also think that they're like a stay-at-home parent like tribe. Like there's yeah. not a lot of challenge beasts on that tribe. Jeff loves the three tribe seasons. He... Uh, for some reason, he also loves, I think he said one time that he prefers Final Two over Final Three, which Ooh. I could not disagree with more. Yeah. Which we'll never get again, because they love the fire-making twist. Uh, that's a permanent thing. I don't think that'll ever go away. How do you feel about fire-making? I hadn't seen fire-making until that season. Did you, I watched a few seasons, and I haven't... What was your review after seeing it happened? I mean, I think it's cool, because I do think that you should have practiced that a bazillion times in your Survivor fandom. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a good twist, but only because people are just so unprepared. It I mean, in all like there's no reason why it, it shouldn't just be instantly over, but like, you know, maybe well, I don't, maybe the edit makes it seem like it was longer than it really was, but I don't I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. I won't reveal winners. I'm gonna try and make this as spoiler free of a podcast as possible. Yeah. Of course once the seasons get going, we're gonna break down the episodes and spoil a lot of episodes, but for past seasons we'll do our best. But the very first season that they did fire making at the end it was final four. It was an obvious vote out who lost the immunity challenge. And then they spent the rest of the day moping, thinking for sure they were out of the game. And everyone else, they let the person who won the immunity challenge know that there is going to be this fire making twist so that the other two people, that, that the person they were going to pick could prepare instead of the person that was going to, who's the obvious vote out. So this person walks into final council so defeated thinking they just lost a million dollars and then they get the second life, the second chance and they win it. And it's incredible. It's like that. It's an amazing moment to watch. And it kind of made me love the moment. Now that you expect it, it's kind of different. That one season, it was kind of like magic in a bottle though. The, the cool thing with the fire making last season was a fire itself is unpredictable. Right. And explain. Well, uh, explain. <laughs> explain. I don't know. It was like with the fire making, you could build a really nice fire, but it could not be a tall fire. It could sustain itself, have hot coals, and I don't know. it it could be a very strong fire for a different kind of purpose. But the singular purpose of the fire making is to burn a string. So you have to get it to a really, really high, which isn't always the greatest purpose of building a fire. For warmth or for what? Yeah. Yeah. For cooking, you don't necessarily want all the heat to be all the way up in the air. You want it nice and dense. But I don't know. It was like, it could have been the editing of last season, but it seemed like it came down to the wire because, you know, <laughs> you want to make a comment, Joe? Came down to well, the string. Well, you're trying to burn a wire. No. Yeah. Um, is this a pun podcast? Are we committing to being a pun podcast? Pun podcast. Pun podcast. Um, <laughs> You're trying to contain creativity. Like, I'm kind of shocked. You're trying to put me in a box. Yeah, you're trying to put me in a box, all right? But there's, like, I don't know, the Deshaun's second wind of his fire going out and making it again. I don't know. It was it was very cool to, I don't know, the suspense, the way they edited it. I thought it, it, it worked very well, even though it didn't have that same sort of magic. 
I think the reason it had magic last for last season was just because the two people in it were both goats. Deshaun and Heather were such goats. So it's just mm. like which goat are we getting on the jury or on the which which goat is going to the jury and which goat's going to be on right. the final mm. tribal. Interesting. Which is just that that takes all of the excitement out of it. I guess so, that works yeah. out. Um, I think we should say that we will every week after the episode. We're gonna do like a spoiler cast talking about that episode. We'll update the points. The person who wins, who has the most points that week, gets final word of the podcast. Ooh. They get the they get the last cut to black line. I'm so worried about that rule because I love having the final word, but I just like am worried about my team now. So like, I don't ever get to have the final word. I'm really sad. Person who wins that week gets to name the episode. I feel like E. John even had a week where he won last year, right? Even though his team yeah. maybe I don't yeah. know. I just feel like I just eventually. really stacked my team in a way that I didn't expect. I like the idea of someone getting final say every week, like something to work for. Uh, I think in the the hope is is that we'll do this podcast during the on season, then the off seasons will go back through old seasons and do like a book club for the old seasons as well. Okay. That would be my ultimate goal. I'd be obsessed with that. Yeah. There's also Australian Survivor. There is Australian Survivor. I tried to watch it. Um, the accents are hard for me. I'm not going to lie. We even, they have. This is why I look for podcasts without accents. Cause sometimes I have a hard time staying awake. It is. It, it feels different to me, and I, in a way, I can't explain. Hmm. They have, they even have American Survivor players guest starring on it now, and I just don't, I can't get Freaking into Sandra. it. Sandra, Sandra Should Russell. Let's talk about Sandra. Let's talk about Let's her. Let's talk about Sandra. We have like five minutes. Absolute snore. <laughs> explain yourself. A, a sheep that we gave a million dollars over one of the greatest Survivor players there ever was, like. Heroes versus Villains was the largest tragedy in Survivor history, having not seen all the seasons. I'll make that claim. Parvati should have won that. And mm. if not Parvati, then Russell. I think yeah. I made that claim at the beginning of the podcast, so I agree Completely with you. Completely agree. And honestly, yeah. appalling that Sandra did that. And I think one of the reasons I disliked Sandra so much is that she just gave up in challenges so much. Even Heather, as Jeff was hurling comments at <laughs> yeah. her, Heather, this is deplorable. Like, what's going on here? She still like did finished the challenges. Up? What did Heather throw up at one point? She ate a bunch of so. sand. Yeah, she, she ate a bunch of sand. I'm just time. thinking specifically of the one where you had to throw the ball and yeah. like make it through the obstacles before the ball fell. And she, she didn't get that's the first thing. Literally couldn't do it. She and kept it was trying just it. Hilarious, but she tried the whole time. And Sandra would it's have just been like, "Guys, I'm taking a break." The last challenge that they did, Sandra was tied to someone, and she just sat down in the mud. And that, I think, is a waste I remember of space that. on Survivor. I absolutely remember Like, that. if you're not here to play, leave. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was like her whole strategy was to be so unlikable that no one would think she would win. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> How does that win? Can I do a Winners at War? Small spoiler? Or is that going to be... Fine, yeah, that's fine. Sandra quits Winners at War. Oh, my God. Uh, so, it basically, in Winners at War, there's an exile island that you go to if you get voted off, and you have a chance to play back into right, the game. Right, right. Uh, exile island is like super hard because there's like no food, and you have to yeah. do these challenges to earn fire tokens. Do not get me started on fire tokens in season forty—the dumbest twist they've ever done in the history of Survivor. Anyway, she gets there one day. She's there for one day, and she said, "Yeah, I've won twice." I'm not going to be this hungry. I'm going home. And, like, took someone else's spot that yeah. wanted to be on Survivor. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, 
I feel like devil's advocate on the challenge thing is I think she is an expert at managing threat level. I think she knows how to keep her profile down and to let other people take the spotlight. I do agree that it's kind of heinous that I'm not even a big Russell fan. I think he treats people terribly. Everyone. But he did lead like every single vote of that season. Everyone. Uh, he single-handedly, Rob, it's a completely different reality that we live in if Tyson doesn't miraculously change his vote to get yeah. himself voted out and then Rob's power crumbles immediately after that. Uh, and that was all Russell. That was all Russell going over to Tyson, getting in Tyson's head. Like you're talking about just like pulling strings and like reading cues. It's, it. I do get your argument that it's deplorable to have probably the greatest survivor season with some of the greatest survivor players, two players who played really a crazy dominating game, even if they were did it in a cruel way at times mm. to then give it to someone who got dragged to the end. And I, yeah, and I agree that like Russell, I don't love the way he plays, but I think that he plays an effective game and he did lead that whole time. Problem with Russell's game is that it wasn't sustainable. Like again, like his team throws a, throws a challenge just to vote him out when he comes back. Like he like no one wanted to work with him after that point. Yeah. We are near the end of our time. Yeah. Do we want to do a group final word? Come on in, guys. Whenever. <laughs> we don't say guys anymore. Right. John, you can't. You just got us kicked off NPR again, John. Oh, my God. When we would leave my grandmother's house, all of us as children would go, da-da-da-da-da-da. Goodbye.